I just want to remind you all that uh, uh, next week is our grand opening at, at Stone Creek Elementary in Riverstone. And so if, uh, if you're with us here or watching online and kind of from that area, I'd love for you to be a part of that, uh, that site there, that ministry there. Uh, if you're a social media person, please put that out on your social medias that we're starting next, uh, next Sunday there at 1030. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity uh, to continue the work of God's church and expanding the kingdom of God uh, in our community and the new ones that's being built there. So super excited about that. Um, the, the, the message I want to share this morning is, is, is kind of like the springboard uh, for 2022, going into 2022. Um, and it really has to do with more of developing uh, a mindset to carry us through uh, through the through this new year, I know I know what it was for many of us to be excited about 2020, uh, and then to experience the reality of what 2020 was. I, I know what it was to then be excited about getting past 2020 and getting into 2021, and then the reality of what 2021 was. And so uh, my feeling is that there's probably a little bit of of a reserved optimism, like it it, it can't be. It can't be like that again. At least I hope it's not like that again. And so there's always optimism going into a new year. But I feel like there's probably some reserved optimism about it. Like I don't want to get too excited yet uh, because the world is still a mess. And so, and so what I want to talk about is, is just a, is a mindset that regardless of what we go into uh, will help us navigate it well. I shared some of these statistics on, on Friday night at our, at our worship night, which was absolutely fantastic. During the first six months of COVID, in America, Bible reading decreased by 7%. Since COVID has hit, social media use has increased 14%. That's a problem. The danger that I saw in churches closing their doors, I think has come to fruition. It's reported that only 52% of former churchgoers have indicated they're going to return to in-person church once COVID is completely done with. Only 52%. that want to return to in-person worship. What I'm seeing across the nation is that those churches who completely shut down are having a real hard time, not in getting back the old folks who you can't chase out of the church, but in reaching again the younger generations. They're gone. Did you know that right now, current stress levels in America are five times what they were during 9-11? That four out of five Americans believe that things in our country are absolutely out of control? That doesn't surprise us, does it? Do you know that America has the highest level of religious freedom in the world yet? 
Americans are amongst the most stressed out people in the world. 55% of Americans say they experience, quote, a lot of stress every day. And out of 143 countries in the world, the United States is in the top five countries in the world for experiencing stress. We're tied with Iraq. If that's the case, it tells me something's wrong with churches and church folk. Do you know 65% of college students report feeling overwhelming anxiety in the previous year, and 13% of college students have contemplated suicide? What's going on with us? What happened? Depression rates in the United States have tripled since the pandemic began. Tripled. Depression has climbed 25% globally since 2020. The 1990s were characterized as the age of anxiety. The 2000s are becoming the age of depression. What I've learned is that there's four basic reasons why depression levels are so high. The number four reason is simple exposure to toxic substances like drugs and alcohol. You mix those things with a bad day and it gets real bad real quick. You put those things in the midst of a pandemic. Do you know the, 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 the group of Americans who have experienced the, the most increase in alcohol use? Moms. Across country. The, the, the third reason why, why so, the, these depression levels are so high in our country, get this, is, is women who are distressed by the spread of unattainable ideals of beauty put on them by social media. The second reason why depression levels are so high is that what's called the stress of industrialization. Like all, 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 of the, all of the progress we've made in this great industrialized country has just added more work and more time and less Sabbath. Just worn out. Tired and exhausted. Added to a pandemic when the world stands still. But the number one reason like depression levels are so high, get this, is a loss of belief in God and the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. If you believe that this is all there is, yeah. like this is as good as it gets, if this is as good as it gets, and it's been as bad as it's been in 2020 21, there's no, yeah. no wonder. That make me depressed too. And what is so disturbing to me is these statistics seem to have, there's no variance between churchgoers and non-churchgoers. And it affects me as much as it affects you, and because we all live in the same culture and the same society, it affects us all at some level. And so how do we position ourselves to go into an unknown when we know what the last has been, the previous has been? How do we position ourselves to go to, into an unknown? 
and be okay in it. I, I, I was sitting, just going over my, my scripture in my head and my notes and stuff, thinking, what, what has happened? What is wrong with us? What? Part of the problem that, 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 that I've realized is there seems to be no difference in churchgoers and non-churchgoers, in our mindset, in our attitude, in our perspective, in our worldview. The church has gotten as out of control and as crazy as, 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 as the world without the church. Would you agree? I mean, not you. I mean, you all have handled the past two years beautifully. <laughs> Like, we haven't been the crazy ones, but I think you know someone who has been crazy. Right? Yeah, it's not you. It's certainly not me. So these past two years have been difficult. And I, I understand. I'm not saying they haven't been. They have been. And some, some has been really difficult for some but the church should have done better. Amen. We really should have done better. Yeah. And, 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 and Christ followers, yeah. we should have the best mindset and the best yeah. outlook and the best perspective and the most hope and the most joy of yeah. anybody on the planet. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the problems that we go through ought not shock us. Yeah. Ought not be surprised by it. Troubles ought not surprise us. Why? Because we've read the Bible. Jesus says, have I not told you about this stuff? So that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have what? T-R-U-B-L-E. Trouble. But don't be surprised by it. Don't freak out. I mean, he, Jesus says it in a biblical way. He said, but take heart. I've overcome this stuff. So we're not surprised us. He told us that we're going to go through a lot of rough stuff. John 15. If the world hates you, if you do what I've asked you to do, and the world doesn't agree with it, and the world doesn't like it, and the world tries to shut you down, if, if, if the world hates you that way, keep in mind that it hated me first, Jesus says. This ain't nothing new. If you belong to the world, it would love you. But if you're doing stuff my way, it ain't going to see it as a good thing. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. And so we ought not be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised by trouble, nor should trouble shake us. Christ followers ought not get rattled when trouble hits. We ought to have a different mindset and worldview and perspective. Because the Bible says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, the one who inhabits you, the one who's taken up residence in your life is greater than the one that's in the world. So don't let it shake you. You understand? 
So we ought to be able to go into this stuff with a little different perspective and mindset and worldview. Troubles ought not surprise us, ought not shake us, troubles ought not discourage us. Because if you got a good Bible, it has Isaiah 41.10 in it, and a good Bible says this, Do not fear, I am with you. <laughs> what has been one of the emotions that has driven all of us in 2020, 2021? Starts with F and ends with ear. Right? Don't be dismayed. Don't be overwhelmed by it all. I'm not saying it ain't bad. Just don't let it overwhelm you. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and I'll help you and will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So part of what God was working on me in, in 2021, I shared last week in our five good minutes, that God gave me three words for 2021. And at this point, God hadn't released me from those three words. I wish I would have learned them well enough that he had moved me on to something else. But sometimes, when God sends you on a journey around a mountain and you don't learn it, you get to walk around it again. And so God hasn't, he hadn't, he's kept my hands on these things. He said, Carl, you got, you got a little bit more to learn here. And, and I can't give you a new assignment to get the assignment done. And this assignment God's given me for 2022 is the same one he gave me for 2021. And it ain't easy. And it's exhausting at times. Uh, and and you, you, sometimes you get the little gut checks from yourself and sometimes from the Holy Spirit and sometimes from other people. It says, hey, you haven't learned it yet. Amen. And so I, I do know that if I'm going to excel in 2022, these things have to be in my focus. And I shared these last week, and I want to share them with you again a little bit more in depth. Because I think for us, I think we'll be able to navigate 2022 a heck of a lot better if we get this stuff under our belt as our focus in this year. I shared, do you remember what I shared last, uh, last week with my, my three words? Do you remember what, remember, what were they? PG and E, Mike got it. PG and E, what, what were the three things? You guys are smart. Well, most people over here are smart. One person here is smart. I got an iffy guy right here. But, uh, and so this is, this is, this is what I want to, this is what I want to encourage us as a church. And, and, and say, you know what, let, let's, let's maybe, Pray about making this our mindset as we go into 2022. Because who knows what that what this year is going to be like. I call this, this is, for me, this is PG&E, right? Like, you know what PG&E stands for. Like Pacific Gas and Electric. It's where we get our power and our energy from for living. That's what I think the attitudes of positive, grateful, and energetic are. Amen. And, and I, they're, they're, more than just, they're more than just a good mental outlook. They're biblical. 
And so I just want to unpack this for you a little bit and, and ask maybe consider, maybe we all choose to have this mindset in this year. This, this may be what God's saying, look, you don't know what's going to come down. Upon. I do, God says. And to position you for what I know is coming, you need to develop a mindset. Bait, not based on self-help, not based on pop psychology, but based on my word and who I am in your life. About being positive, grateful, and energetic. Look at what the Bible says about being positive. Did you know this, that studies have shown that there's an indisputable scientific leak between a positive outlook in life and health benefits, lower blood pressure, less heart disease, a better uh, weight control, healthier uh, blood sugar levels. Now imagine if our positive outlook came from the foundation of having a personal relationship with the almighty sovereign God who loves us and is committed to us. Not just about being a positive person, but is actually attached to Christ. This issue of being positive is one of the most important things to instill, especially in the younger generations. If you're younger than me, this is super, super, super important. Now, it's very true that these generations that have come after me, come after a lot of us, they're facing a world that's very, very different than our grandparents faced. At the end of World War II and all through the 50s, most of the country had a very positive, great outlook on the future. Economically, things were booming. There was an abundance of jobs. And the hope in the 50s led people to marry young, buy houses, and start families. It's very different now. The outlook of this country is not great. Especially the younger you are. And it's harder for younger and younger and younger generations to have a positive outlook about the world and about life and about our country. Why? Because it's tough to get a job now that would allow one to live comfortably. See, most people go into debt before they get out of school. They're slaves before they ever get married. Not, not that marriage is slave. I mean, I didn't realize, I didn't like, I don't want to make that correlation. I just realized how that sounded. And that's not, that's not, I, I just realized, Jeff, how that sounded. Did it sound like that to you, Jeff? Or You didn't, because you're a guy. It's like, I didn't get it. But I'm sure others are like, I can't believe he said that. This younger generation has such a negative outlook about their future, and that's why so many marry so much later or never get married at all. It's just bleak. That's why so many younger and younger bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship because nothing really lasts or never even get into a relationship. And it's just, it's just, it's just more difficult. And I wonder, I wonder how lives would be led if we had an overwhelming sense of optimism and positivity. I wonder 
I mean, just think about the last two years, how negative everybody has become. About mask mandates, about online school and online church, about vaccine push, not because of vaccines, but vaccine push for political reasons, about the hatred of the right and the left, about the left and the right, I just wonder how, how, how much better perhaps the last two years would have gone. Now much better friendships and family relationships if we had approached issues with a positive outlook that God's still on the throne, he's still sovereign, rather than allowing ourselves to be so divided and so angry and so bitter and so at odds with each other. See, this has to be a mindset before it becomes a reality. And so I, I want us to consider these three things. The first one is positive. How to be positive. The first mindset about positivity is based on Scripture. It's not pop psychology. I'm not talking about how to convince yourself and recite mantras every day, you know, or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, based on Scripture, we can be very positive, even in the midst of an unknown and a pandemic. Why? Because Genesis 50-20 is still in the Bible. You intended to harm me. Like what is coming at me is intended and designed for my ill. But God intended it for good to accomplish something profound. And when that's a mindset, I can be very positive about even the bad stuff that's happening. Why? Because though it may be intended either by people or by the devil for my ill, God has the ability and the perspective to turn it for good. So I can be positive in the midst of a very negative situation. But the problem with this is that it must be a fact for you before it's a feeling in you. That's good right there. Tracy, thank you. See, so many of us wait for the feeling in us to be positive before we believe that it's positive. And we have to know first off, like from the beginning, that this is a fact. And when I'm convinced that this is a fact, that God turns evil for good in my life, once I know it's a fact, then it produces the feeling of confidence and positivity. You understand? So this is what I... It's part of my prayer for me. Not only Genesis 50, 20, but also Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon, now watch what this says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. No weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So, so watch this. What's a weapon? Think about what a weapon is. A weapon is something designed for destruction. And in the Bible, that word weapon can either be of human origin or of spiritual origin. So the Bible says no weapon of human origin or spiritual origin that's formed against you for your destruction will prevail. Now we know a couple things. We know that the world is full of weapons that are designed for our destruction. We know that, don't we? Yes. 
And we know that the weapons will come against us. It's not like there's bad stuff that says, I'm first searching and they're on a shelf somewhere. They're leveled against us, either by society, culture, or the evil one. So we know that weapons exist. We know they'll come against us, but we know, we know it before we feel it, that though they come against us, they will not prosper. They will not succeed in our destruction. So regardless of the ill that comes at me, I know ahead of time that it will not succeed in its destruction of me. And so if things that are designed for my destruction will not succeed in destroying me, I will choose not to give them mastery over me by allowing them to make me negative, bitter, fearful, and angry. You understand? And when that's our mindset, we can go into 2020 not worried about what's going to go down in 2020. Oh, 2022? Sometimes I just start talking. I saw my son Joe back there do this to me. I'm like, yeah, peace to you, do brother. But that's not what I'm talking about. Thank you for keeping me online, Joe. Let's just go into 2022 with a positive mindset because we know that God works all things. Like like he turns evil for good for me, that no weapon will prosper. And now watch this. This is one of my favorites. Romans 8, 28. Every morning you wake up and you check your Bible. If you've got a good Bible, it's going to be there every morning. And we know, we don't guess, we don't hope, we don't conjecture. We know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. All things are all things. Yeah. That verse is the entire me- that, that That's all we got to say. That's the message. And if that's our mindset towards 2022, we've already won. Yes. My guess is that over the past two years, Genesis 50, Isaiah, and Romans have not been on our forefront of our minds. Sean, maybe for you, you've had a great attitude. You had a, you've had a great attitude. You know, you're, 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 it's your birthday today, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, ha- uh, happy 29th, man. 29 years old? No? 56. You don't look a day past 70. You're doing great. Sean, you've had a great attitude, man. And you've been through hell. You are blessed, man. You're blessed with an attitude like that. Because you've got a faith in God. Exactly. It's unshakable. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and so, but this is what I'm saying. Like, if we go into this year with a mindset of, and I'm going to be positive about stuff, because I know that what, what other people design to hurt me, God turns around. It might stay, but God turns it around somehow. And though things are designed for my destruction, it's not going to prosper against me. It might hurt my sting a little bit, but I'm not going to be destroyed by it because he works all things together for the good of me because I love him and he loves me. And, and so here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to leave this in a prayer after all three of these words. And so here's our prayer for this aspect of what it means to be a Christ follower. I'm just going to invite you to pray with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray this. I'm going to give you. I'm going to do it in little little spurts, and so that you can 
in the quietness of your own heart or aloud. I don't care how you do it, but so that you can just position yourself in prayer to be someone who, who lives positively, not based on pop psychology, but based on God's word. So, so just, just close your eyes and just, I'm, I'm going to say it slow, just pray it with me. God, you create good out of what others mean for ill. I believe no weapon that comes against me will prosper. And I know that you're working all things in 2022 for my good because I love you and you love me. So I choose to be positive this year because of who you are. In your name I pray, amen. P. What's next? G. G. What's G stand for? Grateful. Grateful. In the past two years, the focus of our society and culture has been on everything we've lost. Hadn't it? Again, not for us, but for other people. Their focus has been on what's been lost. Or, should I say, taken from them. Well, the past two years have not felt great, and we're not thankful for the things that may have occurred. We're not thankful for the division, for the stealing of things that we once held dear. We're not thankful that politics have been weaponized against its citizenry. Christ followers are still called to be grateful. Not for, but in. In all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If God be for us, who can be against us? So though I'm not thankful for what I'm in, I'm thankful while I'm in it. Psalm 136.1 Give thanks to the Lord. Because why? Because He's good and His love endures forever. We can be grateful because God is good and because His love continues on and on and on and on. And God shows His goodness by revealing His love and His mercy and His grace to us. That goes on and on and on and on. And because I know that before I feel that, I can give thanks in in all things, even though I don't feel like it. Right? Giving thanks is what makes us positive. And when we're positive, it's easy to remember what we have to be thankful for. And the problem with the last two years, if we've lost what we, are, what we have to be thankful for, which has made us very, very negative people. Right? Again, not us. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Think about this. Whatever we do or say, think about that part. Whatever we say, say it in Jesus' name. Now, this is convicting. I don't know if it's convicting for you. It's convicting for me. Whatever we say, say it in Jesus' name. I, I, I ask myself this question. How much of what we've said or posted or argued about during the past year could we have done in Jesus' name as one giving thanks to God?
I have a feeling that much of what I've said, again, not you, but probably me, has not been in Jesus' name. Nor in response to giving thanks. And so, part of my prayer that I would encourage, maybe, for you, God, I'm forever grateful that your mercy and love endures and goes on and on and on and on. And I will give thanks in the valleys and in the wilderness and in the storms because your mercy and love for me goes on and on and on and on. And Father, I will make sure that what I do and say, I do and say out of gratitude. Do you see how this idea based on Scripture and based on who God is and what God's done of being positive and grateful starts to change mindsets, attitudes, perspectives, and worldviews? Are you getting this? P is what? G is what? E is what? Energetic. This, this is probably the easiest one for me out of these three. So here's the thing. Let me, let me, tell you, let me help you understand this. The key to, to energetic, being energetic, is positive momentum. When you've got positive momentum in life, it's easy to be energetic, Right? But when you've got no momentum and everything's at a standstill and everything is stopped and you feel like you've got no control and no power, where's your energy? It's gone. It feels like it's gone, right? But here's the great thing about energy as a result of positive momentum. You want to know the good thing about it? Here's the good thing about it. You're in charge of it. You're in charge of it. And you're responsible for it. Nobody else is in your life but you. See, here's the problem. Most people respond to circumstances. And if circumstances are good, they respond with positive momentum and energy. Do you see the problem with that? If circumstances are bad, they're robbed of momentum and have no energy. And if that has been your scenario, the problem is this. You play the victim. Your energy, your joy, all that stuff is robbed, and you sit back and say, well, it's just terrible right now. And the problem is that Christ followers, who have already been victorious because of God's love for us, what he's done on the cross, we sit around rather as victorious, we sit around as victims. Positive momentum is not the result of circumstances. Positive momentum that creates energy is your responsibility to create. One of the things we teach our church planners from the start in Excel, in, in what we do with Excel leadership, is we drive home the point to our church planters, these things, watch this, that the leader is responsible for, for, for momentum, and if you don't have momentum, go create some. If you're the leader, that's your job. We tell our planners this all the time. 
The leader is responsible for momentum. And if you and your church have no momentum, it's your job to go create some. This is more true in life than it is in any way. It's not just true for church planners. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, whatever you do with all your might, whatever you do with all your might, I wonder how much we've walked into in 2020 and 2021, just kind of a haphazard kind of given up type, like, like, like whatever we're doing, let's get after it. Bring our full selves. See, life is not a spectator sport. You ever heard someone say that? One of the things that Shelly's done a great job at Stone Creek Elementary, one of their little, their little sayings is actively participate. That's their mantra with their kids. Actively participate. And see, she, she, she and her staff are trying to position their kids to engage in life. Because here's what happens. Lethargy cannot exist when one is engaged. And God has said, I want you to engage in this world. I've given you dominion over it. Not to sit, but to have dominion over this world, to engage in my kingdom in this world. Don't get sidetracked by all this other stuff, by all this political stuff, the COVID stuff, the fear stuff, the anxiety stuff, the bitterness stuff. The Don't get sidetracked. Like, bring your full energy to my kingdom stuff. Lethargy cannot exist when one is against. And th th this is true in your marriage. It's true in your parenting. It's true in your employment. It's true in, like, to engage. Engage. No boss wants an employee who sits back and says, well, you want me to do something? Tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, the greatest momentum verse in the Bible Romans 12, 11. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Yeah. It's momentum. Yeah. Never be lacking in zeal. Mm. Never be lacking yeah. in zeal. Yeah. Never be lacking in zeal. Yeah. Keep your fervor. Yeah. Not about the, the side stuff. Mm. But about kingdom stuff. Yeah. See, the leader is responsible for momentum, and if you don't have any, go get some. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. So many of us have sat back the last two years and waited for somebody to change something to make it better for us. And God has said, if you are, if you are going to engage in my kingdom, then bring your full self to my kingdom. And if you're leading people, lead them with positive momentum and bring some energy to the life that I've gifted you. Sean, you have so much energy yeah. about life because you know you're not done yet. Exactly. 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 And so many of us who walk in and out of everywhere live life as if we're almost done. Imagine if all of us took responsibility for positive momentum this year. Yeah. Imagine if we all took personal responsibility. If you're a leader at any level, do your job and take responsibility to create 
energy, and positive momentum. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor for kingdom stuff. Don't get sidetracked with all this other crap. This has been one of the greatest failures of the American pastors in 2021 because we've allowed outside forces to steal momentum, to cheapen ministry, and to stall outreach. You know one of the quickest ways to, to stop momentum? Yeah, I mean, momentum is so, it's so, like momentum is so important. Did, did you know, like a, a huge locomotive, you can, if it stopped with no momentum, you can prevent it from going anywhere by a three-inch wood block in front of the wheels. It'll never get going. But once that bad boy gets rolling, you can put a three-foot cinder wall in front of it. Ain't going to stop it. And, and so in our lives and in our church and our families, you know the thing that, that kills momentum faster than anything? Divisiveness. And if I had to use one word to describe 2021, it would be divided. From politics to families to churches to friends. We've not allowed others to disagree with us without us becoming disagreeable. And, and, and it feels like life has just stalled out. Positive, grateful. I learned this verse when I was in high school. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's the Lord Christ your servant. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You can't do something with all your heart without energy. And when we apply this verse to our lives, we live every day with energy. And if there's one thing that people need right now, is energy, not self-propelled energy, but energy that comes from God Almighty Himself. Amen. This verse is the antidote to apathy. This verse is the antidote to lethargy. This verse is the antidote to complacency. And it's what we're called to do. Amen. So my suggestion for us is that we make 2022 different for us, even if it's the same for everybody else. God be different for us. Agreed? And so my prayer for energy, according to God's word, is this, God, help me to do everything this year with all my might. Help me not lack zeal. Keep my spiritual fervor serving you. I commit to doing whatever I do this year with my whole heart, like I'm doing it all for you. I accept the responsibility to create positive momentum in me and for others. Now just imagine for a moment what life might be like 
If every one of us made these commitments, positive, grateful, and energetic, imagine for a moment what your personal life would be like if you made these commitments based on God's word and a relationship with him to be positive, grateful, and energetic. Imagine for a moment what your huddles would become and how they would be transformed when they see you live a life not based on pop psychology, but based on God's word of being one who is positive, grateful, and energetic because of your relationship with God and your faith in him. Imagine for a moment the testimony of our church because we make these commitments. And so I'm calling us to decide that I'll make 2022 different for me by focusing on PG&E. You understand? I'm calling us to decide that we'll make 2022 different by our focus. Now, you wrap this up with this. This is all just simple self-help mumbo-jumbo if it's not based on God's word and a foundation of a life lived in him. And if all it is is pop psychology because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this will fail by tomorrow. Something's going to happen. But if you've got a relationship with Jesus, you are indwelled with the spirit of God that enables, allows, and empowers you to live beyond yourself, not in your own power, but by the power of God resident in you, not because you're good, because of his mercy and his grace that are unending and new every morning. So for this to be possible in your life, your life first has to be given to him. So one more prayer. either for the thousandth time or the first time. Hand your life over to him. Father, I thank you for these in this place. That for the first time, for the thousandth time, taken woman at the beginning of the year to give life to you. If that's your desire, in the quietness of your own heart, just rip. Say something like this. God, I believe that you love me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross so my sin could be forgiven. And I accept you as the leader of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Empower me to live according to your word. And I commit 2022 based on who you are to be a man, a woman, a person of faith. And by faith, to be positive in what you're doing and going to do. To be a person of gratitude, giving thanks in all circumstances. Even if I don't like what the circumstances are, I choose to be grateful to you in them. And I commit to be energetic and to bring my full self to the work of your kingdom. Help me not get distracted. Help me not be divided. Help me not be, my mind not to be confused by side issues. 
Help me not be lacking in zeal. Help me keep my spiritual fervor serving you. May God, I pray for us that 2022, for us, regardless of the circumstances, but for us, will be different, vastly different, eternally different than 2020 and 2021. We love you, Jesus. Amen. God, I thank you and I thank him because I cannot deny what I've seen and I cannot deny what he has done in me. As the song says, burdens and bitterness, you got to go. You're not allowed in 2022 no more. And I'm throwing you out of my life. I will not be controlled by fear, by bitterness, by anger. And I will sing in 2022 of how you saved my soul. Regardless of what I go into, that is what I'll be grateful for. He picked me up. He'll pick you up. He turned me around. He'll turn you around. He'll place our feet on solid ground, not sinking sand. And so we will thank the master and we will thank the savior because he's healed our heart. He's changed our name and we got everything to give him thanks for. So be positive, grateful, and energetic.